Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ask the Dentist. I'm Dr. B. We're going to talk about tongue thrust today, myofunctional therapy. Uh, Natasha asks a great question. If she hadn't asked that question, she probably would have gone down the wrong road. She was given some misinformation from a dentist, and this stuff happens. And it's good to ask questions and to know going in about certain conditions. You're not always going to get the right advice. That goes for any profession, and it's unfortunate. But tongue thrust is a big deal. We see it often, and it can be fixed. But how is the big question, and the advice she received was that it could not be fixed. It was a neurological problem. And of course, tongue thrust leads to all sorts of issues. It was recommended that she get braces, but the tongue thrust would have undone the result of the straightening of the teeth. So lots of things to discuss. I'm going to give you lots of great links of people that I trust in this field. Most dentists don't know enough about myofunctional therapy. What is it? How is it useful? We're resistant to it. I think essentially that a dentist practicing without that knowledge and without being able to refer to someone or having it in-house, maybe the hygienist, has some malfunctional training or the dentist themselves. There's nothing wrong with that, of course, except that they've got so many other priorities. But a dentist practicing without that knowledge of malfunctional therapy is practicing below the standard of care. So here we go. Here's the question. Natasha, take it away and we'll take it from there. What would you recommend for a tongue thrust? It's something that I've struggled with for many years where at night when I'm sleeping, I can't really control it, but my tongue pushes against my teeth. And many dentists that I've asked, they say, oh, it's neurological. There's nothing you can really do about it. Is that true? Or is there something that I can do? Because now my teeth are actually starting to shift forward. And I'm going to get braces again. I'd like to be able to find a way to correct this problem if possible. Natasha, great question. Glad you are asking these questions. If it sounds too absolute, if a dentist tells you it's not fixable, why not question it? I'm glad you did. Our tongues are absolutely amazing. Let me tell you a little story first about tongues. This was discovered during the Renaissance. And I'll tell you by who in a minute. You'll be surprised. Maybe, maybe not. But by a Renaissance man, of course, right? The woodpecker has an amazing evolved tongue. Imagine the brain damage that would occur to a bird or any animal with a hard beak, or even if it, if it was a human, if we were banging our head up against a hard wood surface all day long. Well, it just so happens that the woodpecker has taken care of this. Their tongue wraps around their brain when they are pecking to cushion it from the shock of the pecking. Leonardo da Vinci discovered this. I'm just telling you the story because A, it's fascinating, but it also tells you how highly specialized the tongue is and as it is in the human. So our tongues, human tongues, play a very important role in our oral health, but as well in overall health. Obviously, it helps us communicate with others. I would not be able to say these words right now without my tongue. It helps us digest food. It helps move food around during the chewing motion. The swallow reflex is important, gets food down the esophagus to the stomach. If the tongue is not working well, or if it's not in the right position, not working properly, it can impact the way we speak, lisping, of course, eat. We won't be able to eat properly, digest foods properly. We can choke on things. And it even affects breathing. There's been a lot of talk about that lately. 
if the tongue is in the wrong position, that narrows the airway. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But the tongue needs to do its job. And most significantly, if the tongue is tied or if there's a tongue thrust or the tongue is in the wrong position, that child may not be able to breastfeed properly and or there'll be an oral facial structural malformation. In other words, the facial development doesn't develop to its full genetic potential because of the tongue. Again, it's the muscles of the mouth, swallow reflex, the tongue, position of the tongue at rest during the swallow reflex that shape the mouth. And once the mouth, the jaw bones are shaped correctly, there is the correct amount of space down to the millimeter, I would argue tenth of a millimeter, for all the teeth to be in place properly without the need for orthodontics. Again, you mentioned that in your question. We'll talk about that connection. So the tongue may be not as specialized as a woodpecker's tongue, but it is an amazing, I'm not going to call it an organ. It's, it's a muscle. It's an amazing muscle. It's an amazing appendage. And it's the only muscle that is only connected at one end. All our other muscles have dual connections and even more amazing. And it does so much. But if things go wrong and it's not doing its job properly, then the consequences are great, which is what we're going to talk about now. So let me give you kind of my perception of how I see this. This is how I visualize it. That way it's easier to explain. And when it comes to thinking about other things, you can always fall back on this very simple visualization. So when you push on something, we tend to stabilize ourselves. When, when we swing a baseball bat or when we hold a ladder or you know, when we ski, we're, we're always stabilizing ourselves because we don't want to be thrown off balance. It also makes us stronger. It makes that push stronger. So this is how I see it with the tongue. So when you swallow, the swallow reflex is designed to get things down the esophagus to the stomach. And you want that to be a powerful, smooth, continuous motion. You got to fulcrum off of something. You got to hold yourself or stabilize yourself. So in a normal swallow, the tongue pushes up against the palate, palate to kind of the forward position or area of the palate, the area behind the anterior upper teeth. It's kind of like Newton. For every force, there's a counterforce. It's a stabilization. It allows for a more efficient swallow reflex. Now, if you swallow and the tongue is just thrusting forwards, then you have no stabilization. It's pushing out against a movable, malleable surface, and that is the anterior teeth sitting in the jawbone. Over time, those teeth will get pushed out. You'll get spaces in between your teeth. The teeth will, what we call, procline. They will tip forwards. Your bite will be off. You'll tend to have a narrow bite. The distance between the left side of your occlusion or biting surfaces as opposed to the right side will be narrower. So there's less room for the tongue. So really that tongue thrust is an abnormal move and it's important to get that right. Of course, this is all subconscious, right? And when you're sleeping, you know, you're tongue thrusting, you really have very little control. So for a dentist to say that's a neurological problem, it is, but not in the sense of severe brain damage or something that you cannot fix. This is a habit. This is muscle memory that can be addressed. We'll talk about that. So tongue thrust 
is not a normal movement and it can affect how your face develops. It can make your swallow delayed and weak. Typically, people with a tongue thrust can choke. They have a larger tongue. It's kind of like a heart, an enlarged heart. It's compensating for some damage to the heart. Patients that have tongue thrust have larger tonsils. They have chronic allergies, which means their airway is affected. Sleep could be worse. They tend to be stressed. Is that a chicken or egg thing? Is it first the sleep issues, then stress? They also have this elongated facial features, this cherub-shaped chin, a recessed chin, a retronathic look to them. And a lot of this can be caused by tongue ties and other tongue issues. A tongue tie is where the tongue can't move very well because it has a some residual tissue that holds it down. That's a midline defect. That's a different conversation, different episode of this podcast. So yeah, the tongue thrust is an issue and it's the root cause. Here we go. It is the root cause of why you need braces. You've been advised to get braces again. Sounds like you've had them once before. They relapsed. And now you're going to get them again as an adult and you're going to need them again. Or you're going to need aggressive retention, wearing a retainer. Because the tongue thrust is causing the need for orthodontic intervention. Again, root cause. Before we remodel the kitchen, let's fix all the dry rot in the floorboards and get that fixed so that we can have a good long-term result. This is root cause thinking. This is functional dentistry in its simplest and best form. Let's fix the tongue thrust before we keep fixing the position of the teeth. And tongue thrust typically starts during infancy. It's something that you develop from day one. I've never seen a patient all of a sudden start tongue thrusting. So go back to your early development, and that's where the examination starts. It begins during infancy, could be a prolonged sucking habit, thumb sucking. It can be allergies. That's an epigenetic influence, allergies to your surroundings, a lot of mouth breathing, not being able to breathe through your nose, again, due to allergies, chronic swelling. I mentioned tongue tie and reverse swallowing patterns. It's all learned because you're, as a little baby, as a little infant, you are trying to accommodate for something. You're trying to adapt to your environment. And your body is great at doing that, but it, it doesn't always fix it 100%. It can't. Our bodies are self-repairing in a sense, but it's never a perfect solution. So that's important to realize. So chronic allergies, bigger tonsils and adenoids. I talked about facial development, of course. It's important to recognize the tongue thrust habits as early as possible. That's why it's important to go see a dentist that can see this at just six to eight weeks after birth, I would recommend. I've gone on record recommending that a tongue tie, tongue expert, malfunctional expert, dentist, even sometimes an ENT that is skilled in this area, this is something they don't get a lot of in medical school or even dental school, is present at birth. This will help identify any tongue issues and certainly can help in regards to breastfeeding issues, which you know, that baby has to latch on right away. Baby doesn't latch on. We've got sleep apnea issues later for that child when they're an adult. It could lead to postpartum depression for mom. Again, is that overkill to have someone present? No. I mean, you've got someone there helping with the birth of the baby. You've got an expert, several experts. Why not have an expert for proper tongue development or issues that affect that? So I've talked about that before. You'll see that in a lot of my writings and podcasts. I highly recommend it. It's important. And again, the tongue thrust 
how do you tell if you have a tongue thrust? That's the other issue. You know, you can have someone watch you when you swallow, but that person may not be trained to see it. You could tell if you have a lot of gaps between your teeth, your teeth are pushed out. Mouth breathing, people that have a tongue thrust usually are mouth breathing, can't nose breathe. Their lips remain open. You'll see a lot of photographs of models and their lips are slightly parted. You know, some models learn how to do that because it makes for a better photograph. I mean, that's a matter of opinion, of course, but they're asked to do that. But some people, when they have a photograph taken, that's their rest position. They don't close their lips. So that's a telltale sign. Speech impediments, a lisp. I always ask kids to say the word lethargy, Mississippi. There are several other words that pick up that tongue thrust. But usually it's orthodontic and a history of thumb sucking and poor breastfeeding, all of those things. So dental malformations, breathing issues, speech impediments, and the open bite malocclusion, bite issues. So when you close your mouth and are biting on your back teeth, your upper teeth don't touch. There's a gap. Another way to test this is bite on a piece of paper on the front teeth. And if you can pull it out, you have an open bite. A little simplistic. And sometimes you can still be a tongue thruster and not experience that when you test for it. But that's usually a dead giveaway. So that's how you would tell as a layperson if you have a tongue thrust. Natasha, so you've been told that there's nothing you can do. This is a neurological problem. And you've been told that you should just go ahead and have your teeth straightened again. Well, no. And I think you already know this from what I've already said. This can be treated. This is not a quote-unquote neurological problem that cannot be repaired. This is an issue of retraining, behavioral modification, behavioral retraining. This is taking muscle memory that developed due to responding to your environment as an infant and retraining it. Yes, it is that simple. So how would you do that? Again, the good news is that this is treatable. And the important news is that it should be treated before you move on with doing orthodontic care for the second time. Your teeth will always be fighting this tongue and they'll always be moving around. You'll have to wear retainers, maybe even a glued in piece of wire on your lower back teeth to prevent them from moving. That's a fixed retainer, which also is not good for you. So what do you do? You do tongue thrust correction exercises. And this is just performing simple therapeutic exercises twice a day for a short period of time. This gets learned very quickly. You can retrain your tongue. You can retrain all your oral facial muscles. There are a bunch of them to encourage proper alignment of the teeth. And again, what I said earlier, it's the muscles in your lower face that determine the shape of your face as it develops up until about age six. After age six, about 80, 90% of your development is done. But can this be undone? I mean, you're not going to change the shape of your face. There is something called mewing. I'm not going to get into that. I think that doesn't necessarily work, but it is a great exercise and it does illustrate the point. But you can retrain the muscles so that they don't do any further damage, especially after orthodontic correction. So again, these exercises are simple and they encourage proper alignment of the teeth. This is called myofunctional therapy. You work with a, in the old days, it was a speech pathologist or speech language pathologist. Now we call them myofunctional experts. These are highly trained people. They can retrain your mouth and tongue with these therapeutic exercises. And they're designed to encourage healthy habits for swallowing, speaking, eating, all of that. So myofunctional therapy, again, I said earlier in the episode, a dentist that doesn't 
practice with this in mind or with this in his quiver, either in office or is able to refer to someone, is not practicing to the standard of care. A myofunctional therapist provides powerful therapy that involves behavioral modification through teaching the patient oral facial exercises to improve the tongue's natural resting position and movement during swallowing, talking. This will strengthen certain muscles as well. Certain muscles are probably not as strong as they should be because they haven't been moving properly or being used properly. Cheek muscles, the buccinator, masseter, both pterygoids. I mean, there are so many muscles. It's a complicated system that moves that lower jaw around and the tongue and allows us to swallow and speak. And again, this is how we've evolved so that we're able to do this. This therapy is, it works. It's highly effective in treating tongue thrust among many other orofacial myofunctional disorders. So the solution here is to seek out a myofunctional therapist. I'm going to give you some links, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast, people that I use and refer patients to. They're leaders in their field. This is the way to go. It works. If you have a child that has a tongue thrust, if you're an adult, it doesn't matter. These experts, and again, I'm not an expert, I've seen what they can do. It is phenomenal. And these are people that you need to be referred to. If you're not, you need to find, you can refer yourself. It's not like the medical world where you have to get a referral through the treating physician. So find these people in your area, work with them before you remodel that kitchen. Yeah, I hope you know what I mean by that. It's so important. And again, this is the functional approach and, you know, looking at root cause issues before treating saves you time and leads to a better result. This is a perfect example of that theory or that practice. Natasha, I hope that answers your question. What do you recommend with tongue thrust? You know, go to the links in the show notes. I'm so glad you asked this question. Anyone out there, if you have a question like this, any question that has to do with oral health, go to speakpipe.com slash askthedentist. We've written about this. We've written mostly not, not so much about tongue thrust, but a lot about tongue tie. And again, any tongue tie situation or swallow reflex or mouth breathing will typically lead to a myofunctional referral to an expert. So you can read about that. I'll include that link. To read about that, go to askthedentist.com, our website. If next time you want to be seeing a dentist that addresses all these issues, again, this classic case of if you don't address the root cause, you're going to be redoing work or you're going to get poor results, then go to our list of functionally minded dentists. Go to askthedentist.com slash directory. And if you want to read about the woodpecker tongue, if that blew your mind like it did mine, I'll also include a link about that. Leonardo da Vinci, what a guy, true Renaissance man. He figured out a lot of things and how he got to that, I don't know. But every spring I see woodpeckers, little red bellied woodpeckers pecking away at my house, making little holes. And instead of getting upset, I just have to admire that ability and how they've evolved to being able to do that, to store their food in these little holes in the side of my house. Anyway, tongue motion, tongue position at rest, what your tongue does while it's talking and eating. I hope I have given you good reason to be concerned that if you're not getting that right, what will that do? How will that impact you and, and your dental bill and your ability to sleep and swallow, digest food, and, and of course, how, how you look, your facial profile. So thank you so much for listening. That was a great question, Natasha. 
It allowed me not only to answer the question, an important one, but also to illustrate the need for and the importance and significance of functional dentistry. See you guys later. Have a great day. Be safe. See you in the next episode of Ask the Dentist. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.